Hi everyone, I'm Haley Griffiths and this is The Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode number 82. I'm Brian Peters and this week we're trying something a little new and different which ties quite nicely into this episode's theme. We talk a lot about specific marketing and social media tactics and strategies on this show, but rarely do we talk about the soft skills or the intangibles that really great marketers have in common. Those intangible skills often get overlooked in what is a very fast-paced and data-driven industry. But in talking to hundreds of successful marketers and executives over the years, there seems to be some common traits and habits among the best. Today, we'll be talking about those and what you can do to continue to grow and improve in your own career. This is gonna be good. Let's get started. I was talking to someone I know over at HubSpot the other day, and we were discussing what makes a really great marketer. You know, is it their analytical skills, their design skills, creativity, writing ability? What is it? And we half-jokingly started throwing some ideas out there based on what we've seen from others in the marketing and social media space. Then I told you, Haley, about our little list of skills and thought, wow, we might be onto something here. Yeah, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this the other day, too. You know, whenever you see a really great poster campaign from a brand and you think, how do they come up with that? <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of the time it's skill and creativity, but it's also a lot of it has to do with those marketers putting themselves in that position. In other words, it's almost like their preparation up until that point sets them up to be successful. And this is something that I realized when I interviewed Claire Bird back in episode like way long ago in episode number 36. (laughs) She is incredible at preparation and she's one of the top marketers that we know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure, creativity and marketing genius, for lack of a better word, comes out of the blue. And some people are just naturally more creative than others. But then there's also people who work hard to gain those skills and those that practice creativity in a very purposeful way. I'm definitely in the latter boat. (laughs) I'm not naturally the most creative person in the world, but I think some of the skills we're about to share have really helped me along in my career. Totally. And it took me a long time to even identify as a creative person, even when I was doing a lot of writing. For some reason, being a creative person was a hurdle for me to, to get over. But don't worry, when it comes to social media marketing, we have more control over a lot of things than we thought we did. So let's talk about what some of these intangible skills are. The first skill, and maybe this isn't so much of a skill per se, but it's that great marketers are obsessed with their craft. And a lot of times we use the word obsessed in a negative way, like, oh my gosh, you're obsessed. (laughs) But I think when it comes to marketing, obsession is actually a good thing. I love that. I see obsession as close to passion as well. And passion has a great reputation. So that's another (laughs) way to frame it. (laughs) I do agree that great marketers are obsessed though, and they're obsessed with learning about and honing their craft. And that means doing everything from reading articles and books daily to practicing and experimenting to reaching out to others in their space. 
they're literally thinking about it 24-7, both consciously and subconsciously. They're the kind of people that go on social media to tell you about the ad that they saw or the brand post that caught their attention, not necessarily their family <laughs> or friends. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And I've definitely done that for sure. And it's not like they're you know, thinking about social media all the time in a negative way either. Great marketers are excited to think about it. They can't wait to figure out that next challenge or to create another thing or to solve another problem. So yeah, they're obsessed. They're passionate. The second skill or skills is that great marketers are really good at being uncomfortable and they don't let failure bring them down. We could probably spend an entire episode on these two things alone. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but this is something that we see all the time with great marketers. Feeling uncomfortable and failure just come with the territory. It is a natural part of the job. Agreed. I read this really great article the other day titled, The Only Time You're Actually Growing Is When You're Uncomfortable. And it, that one really struck a chord with me. I think being uncomfortable in terms of marketing essentially means that you're doing and trying things that you're afraid of. And part of that is because, you know, naturally you don't want to fail. It's just a part of human nature. It's interesting to think too about how it might look from a different perspective. If you look at it from another angle and you're comfortable, you're most likely stagnant. Stagnant in the sense that you're doing the same things you've always done. You're living within your comfort zone. And that's not always a bad thing because maybe those things that you're doing, they work really well and that's why you're comfortable there. But sometimes being stagnant leads to discontent and boredom, which as marketers doesn't bode well for your career growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation, Haley, because it's a tough one to have with ourselves. It yeah. takes real honesty. Yeah, it, it takes real honesty to admit that you might be stuck in a rut. Uh, this reminds me of a great quote from Calvin Coolidge. And I never thought I'd see the day where I was quoting Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> uh, I think he says something along the lines of all growth depends on activity. There's no development physically or intellectually without effort. And effort means work. The third skill, and this one is more of a habit than anything, but great marketers make it a point to connect with other talented people. I think this is something that we focus on a lot here at Buffer, and that's making sure that we're not only taking the perspective of our team and leaders, but we're actively seeking others in the marketing industry for their perspective. I think this is one of the biggest things that has helped me personally in my career, Haley. I don't know about you. Um, but marketing doesn't exist in a vacuum. There are so many incredible insights, tips, strategies that we can learn from other marketers in just a short conversation. So we're not saying to go out and get a mentor necessarily, though that's an awesome thing to do anyways. What we mean is to constantly be connecting with your peers and other folks, both in whatever industry you're a part of and then also outside of it. Yeah. And to answer your question, this has helped me in my career for <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah this, um, I think this goes back to the point about learning to be uncomfortable too. Reaching out to other people and asking for their time or advice or their help is a very humbling and sometimes uncomfortable experience. I recently reached out to someone that I greatly admire at HubSpot. And it, it was honestly like I was asking her on a date. That's how nervous I was, <laughs> but it was so worth the discomfort. Every time I go outside of my comfort zone and talk to someone new or someone I admire, I end up leaving the conversation feeling super motivated. It's like a burst of mental energy. I get a ton of ideas. I want to try them all right away. I take lots of notes. And I'm sure that lots of you have felt this way as well before. Um, there's also the added benefit of expanding your personal network at the same time, which is critical if you're looking to grow your career in marketing.
Let's talk about confidence. More specifically, let's talk about the science of confidence in marketing leadership. But first, a quick exercise for you all. I want you to try to think back to a time when you felt incredibly confident, a time when you instinctively knew you could handle whatever came at you. You were on top of things, making all of the right moves. You were in the zone. I love talking about confidence. I recommend a book called The Confidence Code to pretty much everyone that talks to me about confidence. And there's a great quote in there that I want to share. So the authors say, scholars are coming to see confidence as an essential element of internal well-being and happiness, a necessity for a fulfilled life. Without it, you can't achieve flow, the most euphoric state of perfect concentration, end quote. But there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, and that can be the difference between a great, humble marketing leader and a not-so-great marketing person. Yeah. (laughs) Both confidence and humility have giant roles in making you both a respected person and also an effective leader. But part of the reason that it's a challenge to get the right blend of confidence and humility is that, well, we don't know ourselves very well. Consider this evidence. 93% of us think that we are better than average drivers. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about all my friends who think they're great drivers. Yeah. 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 And 94% of university professors rate their teaching skills as better than average. Well, in other words, the average person thinks she or he is uh, definitely better than average. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do we have a confidence problem or a humility problem here? I would say it's a little bit of both. It turns out the most incompetent of us are also the most likely to overestimate ourselves, while the people who are actually most competent, we tend to underestimate ourselves. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I can see everyone raising their hand right about now. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and believe it or not, there are actually names for those tendencies as well. If you're overly confident, it's known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. And if you tend to underestimate just how good you actually are, It's known as imposter syndrome. So you might've seen that term thrown around a lot. Um, So the first step in building this perfect ratio and becoming a great leader is knowing where you are now. So do you tend to skew more towards arrogance, too much or misplaced confidence or self-deprecation, which is too little confidence? Again, another tough conversation to have with ourselves, but it's all part of that growth that we talked about. There are a few telltale signs that you might have low confidence, such as... You have a long list of all the things over the years you wish you had said or done or tried, but didn't. You don't initiate salary negotiations, and if you do, you value your worth too low. You hesitate at key moments. You imagine that whatever you've done, whether it's a triumph or failure, is the focus of everyone else's attention. Huh, that last one is so interesting. Uh yeah. And just like there are signs of low confidence, there are also signs of overconfidence. So you might tend to work your accomplishments into the conversation whenever you can. <laughs> or, or maybe you don't focus on what you don't yet know or are seeking to learn. You might tend to show no curiosity about whom you're interacting with. And then also another one might be you enter into interactions mostly for reasons of potential self-interest. So lots to think on there. And honestly, Haley, I didn't realize this episode was going to get so deep. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. So a few tips to find that balance. One, forget perfectionism. Perfection isn't attainable and it keeps us from taking action. Instead, focus on progress and improvement. A friend of mine always says, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. 
Two, take risks. Nothing builds confidence like taking action, especially when the action involves risk and failure. And three, let go of your failures. Rewire your brain to break the negative feedback loop. Replace the failure thought with three achievements and successes that you've recently accomplished. So thinking back to that time when you felt most confident, that's the feeling where you want to be. And that's the feeling where we want you to be. And that takes work. As Benjamin Franklin once said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. By simply reflecting on a lot of the topics and themes that we chatted about in this episode, you are well on your way to becoming a great marketer and a successful leader. Yep, this is why we're always learning. It's the key to growth both personally and professionally. And of course, we would love to hear what you think about all of this. We're always available to chat using the hashtag BufferPodcast or at hello at Buffer.com. Thank you so much for being here with us as we try something new. And we'll talk to you next Monday.